Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. Proposed ordinance number 56-22, amending section 6-3-2 of the city code prohibiting smoking and use of vapor generating devices within public parks. City Council President Delarian Wiggins, they're introducing the item for banning smoking at city parks in the city of Pensacola, the second reading, which would put it into actual place. So this came up late in the meeting last night, which was a bit of a longish meeting. But late in the meeting, this comes up, and Jen Brer raises a, a revision that's a good revision. I would like to, it would add an E that any person cited for violation of subsection D shall be deemed to be charged with, that's adding, everyone should have this non-criminal infraction. Uh, the civil penalty for any such infraction shall be $25 for the first offense and $50 for the subsequent offense. The and that's, that's an important difference because we're just making sure that this is going to be a non-arrestable, right? That's the idea. The point of this is that I don't want to see someone criminally be in jail for smoking and then start the cycle of in and out of jail. And I just see that throwing a person into homelessness. I mean, once you start that cycle, so it makes it non-criminal, they can get fined, but they don't get the $500 fine or the criminal... A charge that puts them in jail. That's what this revision is all about. So yes, I agree with not smoking in the park, but I want to make sure that this doesn't start that revolving door of jail and then subsequently homelessness, etc. I thought that was kind of an odd take. Like, I don't see the arrest for minor offense being the start of the spiral to homelessness very often, but I totally agree with her that this should be a non-arrestable. You know, we're not we don't want to be jailing people for smoking in the park. You know, that's sort of amazing. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Charles Bear raising the same consideration from a different angle, saying, yeah, or it's not. I mean, and he was the most vocal in support of this because of family members who have suffered because of smoking. Uh, he was one of the most outspoken advocates of this measure when it first came up the first reading. Thank you, Mr. President. <clears throat> I support this. Um, you know, I've uh, just like. Uh, Councilman Moore, I've done ride-alongs. I did a couple 12-hour shifts overnight, and um, and I was beat by the end. But what I realized is that arresting someone and taking them to jail takes a lot of time. <laughs> I, I just don't. I don't think anyone would be. I don't think they take somebody to jail for this. I think there have to be some other offense. But I don't think somebody should face jail time for smoking that park. Yeah, and he. By the way, he's exactly right. Uh, booking somebody into the jail is an incredibly time-consuming thing, and I'm not saying it should be super easy necessarily to put people in jail, but the time it takes and the uh, hour of paperwork you have to do uh, and writing up of the report and all of the other things connected to that it is a and, and the, just the distance for a city of Pensacola to take them up to uh, the jail and process them. It is absolutely. And certainly you don't want people doing that for smoking. So this winds up passing the amended passes seven to zero. The actual ordinance passes seven to zero. So that's it done. Now, here's the, the one minor loophole for those of you who are smoke walkers. You know, you like to go smoke and walk while you're in the park. You've got five days. Because the ordinance, though ratified, goes into effect on the fifth business day after adoption. So yesterday was day, that's right, today is day one after yesterday. So two, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, which means you can smoke and walk until 
Tuesday. <laughs> and on Tuesday is your last day. And on Wednesday, you're going to get a $25 ticket. Now, I am sure that nobody's going to be getting tickets on Wednesday. The PPD, if they wind up getting called, is going to be issuing warnings, you know, and they're going to be instructing and educating. That's typically the way this goes. And typically they're doing that for somewhere between a month and six months. They haven't really said exactly how long, but I know they're going to be very lenient in the beginning just in terms of public education before they start giving people these citations. 614 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Uh, coming up next, we have the Transgressors Memorial Service where we uh, take uh, all the things that we lost to cancel culture and we mourn them in the satirical style of a woke pastor. I play this w- twice a week because it's Fridays at 6.20 and then at 8.20. Uh, Candy is out today. We've got Gracie Wolf with Traffic on the Fives. No slowdowns to report. I-10 and I-110 not showing any delays, as well as 29 and 90. That is going to include Highway 90 Bridge in between Pace and Pensacola and 98 in Gulf Breeze, Tiger Point, and Navarre. Looking good. See something else? Just make sure to give me a call to the traffic line. That number is 850-2626-111. I'm Gracie Wolf on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. As the new year unfolds, here's another reason to buy your new Volkswagen from Piedmore Imports in Pensacola. How about over $1,000 off MSRP on the 2022 Volkswagen Tiguan? These VW SUVs with third row seats are priced to move, so hurry and take advantage of these discounted prices on a limited quantity of the 2022 VW Tiguan. Discounted over $1,000 off MSRP. And Piedmore Imports is offering a finance rate of 3.5%. 9% APR up to 36 months on select 2023 models, including the VW Taos, Tiguan, Atlas Cross, and Atlas SUV. Plus, military discounts of $500 are always available when you buy your new Volkswagen from Piedmore Imports on New Warrington Road. Piedmore Imports. They're not in Car City, so you won't pay Car City prices. 106 New Warrington Road, just up the street from NAS Pensacola. Special APR rates for qualified credit through BCI. See dealer for details. ECUA's free Recycling Coach app is here. Discover which materials are recyclable. Receive automatic reminders on waste collection, schedules, and holiday update. And use the report, a problem feature, to schedule a special pickup or report a missed pickup. What's more, there's educational information on a wide variety of recycling topics and resources. Download the Recycling Coach app today with the App Store or Play Store. Also accessible from the ECUA website. That's ecua.fl.gov. This is Mike Wiggins. I don't have to tell you that winter can be tough on our lawns and gardens, but there is much to be done, such as planting winter annuals and getting ready for spring. And remember, if you've got lawn and garden questions, we've got the answers on the Guard Line every Tuesday morning from 9 until 10 and 8 to 9 on Saturdays. The Guard Line, only on News Radio 923 AM 1620. News Radio 92.3, Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, Brian Kilmeade, Dave Ramsey, Bobby Rossi, and Lars Larson. Informative, local, dependable. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to remember those who've transgressed against the great spirit of inclusion and must henceforth be forever cast into the abyss of dead names. In this moment of our remembrance, we prove with great grief and wailing the sincerity of our noble tolerance. What we once wrongly allowed in the ignorance of white privilege has become the cleansing rite of virtue signaling we use to prove our purity. Join with me now as we remember those we've lost. First, white people using the term aloha. 
because it's linguistic appropriation, among other things. As one of the leading peer-reviewed academic journals of our time, USA Today, informed us this week, white people saying aloha is a terrible microaggression that not so subtly reminds the Hawaiian people of their former status as colonized persons. Also, aloha doesn't mean just hello or goodbye, but also conveys recognizing yourself in everyone and everything you meet. Since casual whitey does not understand or convey this depth of pantheistic nuance, his use demeans the term and insults the richness of the Hawaiian people, culture, and language. Now, you might think that saying aloha would be acceptable because, after all, most people who travel to Hawaii are greeted in this way and even encouraged to use the native phrase while they are showered with flower print textiles and colorful lays. But this crass commercialization only makes things worse. The hotelistas and airport sellouts who so callously subvert the dignity of their own people are not authorized to bastardize aloha in this way for a few extra dollars in tourist tips. As every second-level novitiate of our order knows, the offensiveness of a cultural violation is determined not by the practices of the vulgar majority, but by the subtle and refined sensibilities of the most easily offended member of that culture especially if that person is only a hypothetical construct conjured up by academic elites in the ivory hallways of the great publishing capital of Gannett. And thus, since we can certainly imagine some native Kauaian finding this practice appropriative, that's all that matters. As associate professor of Slavic, East European, and Eurasian studies in The Ohio State University, Sonny Ruckert Chang reminds us, language is really about power. And so, I say use your power for good and stop using it to word rape the, her the Hawaiian heritage. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Second, Philadelphia Flyers defenseman Ivan Provorov, because he refused to wear the team's LGBTQ plus themed warm-up jersey or use the specially designed rainbow-taped hockey stick at this week's Pride Night event. In explanation of this odiously acronymophobic behavior, Provorov claimed that he was staying true to his Russian Orthodox religion, and he even had the NHL side with him, claiming some absurd notion of individual choice. Look, for one thing, it should be obvious that one of the central purposes of the National Hockey League is to be the authoritative voice of sexual morality and theological truth, and if they're not going to tell a player when his views on such matters are incorrect, what reason do they even have for existing as an organization? As You Can Play Chief Operating Officer Kurt Weaver said about the incident, quote, for me, religion is about charity and inclusion, end quote. So true. And if Provorov and the entire Russian Orthodox Church's view of sexual ethics does not align with Weaver's secular Unitarianism, then the appropriate thing to do is castigate and punish Provorov into compliance with Weaver's religious views. If we learned anything from the Spanish Inquisition, and how much have we learned, is it that the high value of harmonizing society and saving souls from their own errors through social pressure, fear, and excessive punishment. As Schonheim's fourth precept reminds us, all must bow and obey so that all can be free. Besides, we all know that the Flyers' mascot Gritty is a gender-fluid, polyamorous representative of trans-species love and tolerance, and if Provorov can skate with Gritty, why can't he put a little rainbow tape on his stick and slap one in the back of the net for the home team? Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. Finally, let us all take a moment and drink in the intellectual riches of Lizzo, the noted singer, flautist, and body diversity celebrant for her excellent efforts to protect our religion from being tainted by impurities originating within the fold. Last week, Lizzo courageously took up the word sword of Twitter and slashed back against the co-opting of our movement when she tweeted, Cancel culture is appropriation, 
There was real outrage from truly marginalized people, and now it's become trendy, misused, and misdirected. I hope we can phase out of this and focus our outrage on the real problems. Now, yes, the 43 elders of the Western Board of Minor Doctrinal Review have ruled her in error for saying that our strong focus on word deletions and pronoun expansion are not real problems. But this mistake is already being forgiven by the Tenth Circuit Committee on Expungements and other philosophical minutiae. Obviously, any non-male, non-white, non-thin spokeshuman will be given abundant grace in such matters. But Lizzo's first comment that cancel culture is appropriation is most certainly a sober reminder that we must always beware allowing ourselves to assess our own level of helpfulness in the cause of overthrowing the whiteocracy. Only the oppressed can say whether we are on the right, the right track. And since the holy doctrines of microaggression, microinequity, and critical race theory are at their core expressions of the lived oppression of marginalized persons, we non-oppressed allies must always beware lest we inadvertently be caught wearing the cancel face of the oppressor. It is not for us to declare anything, but to prostrate ourselves at the feet of philosopher queens like Lizzo and simply listen for her instructions. If she says we're the appropriators, then the appropriators we have become. And so I remind you to do as Lizzo recommends, purify yourselves through daily scourging and beg regularly for forgiveness lest you devolve back into the colonists and slave traders, the people who look like you once were. Woe unto all who offend. Woe unto all who offend. And now, with these cleansing rites performed, may we all go forth in loving tolerance and microaggress no more. Woe unto all who offend. Six twenty-four here on News Radio ninety-two-three. I'm Andrew McKay. It's the Pensacola Morning News. David Wayne is in the newsroom this morning with our headlines. David, I love Fridays. That's great. <laughs> uh, Google's laying off twelve thousand employees. Alphabet CEO Sund- uh, Sundar Puchai made the announcement today in a memo to Google staff. The memo said employees laid off in the U.S. will be offered a severance package, job placement services, six months of health care, and immigration support if that's needed. The U.S. is now sending striker combat vehicles to Ukraine for the first time. The Pentagon uh, yesterday announced a $2.5 billion security package to help Ukraine fight Russian forces. Uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin outlines some of the package. This new assistance package also helps meet Ukraine's urgent need for armor and combat vehicles. So we're providing uh, 59 more Bradleys, 90 strikers, 53 MRAPs, and 350 up-armored Humvees. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has been asking NATO leaders to give Ukraine tanks. He says that would be the key to ending the war properly. And here's something I'm excited about, a show featuring nothing but old Super Bowl commercials. It's going to be on CBS next month called the Super Bowl's Greatest Commercials Battle of the Decades. And it's an interactive special where you can vote for your favorite Right, David, I think you might be old enough to relate to this. I know Gracie definitely is not, so it's okay. Um, I have in my possession at my house multiple full six-hour on SLP speed VHS tapes of good old commercials. Nice. Because <laughs> I am that kind of nerd. <laughs> I bet that took a lot of effort recording on the, on the breaks. Yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of time invested in things that I'm never going to use for anything ever again. 
<laughs> that is a valuable collection, sir. <laughs> David, thanks so much for the update. Uh, Gracie's got traffic on the fives. No slowdowns to report. I-10, I-110 looking good throughout Pensacola, as well as Highway 90 in Milton and Pace running smoothly and throughout Pensacola also looking good. 98 in Gulf Breeze, Tiger Point, and Navarre checking in clear with no major delays, and gates of NAS Pensacola are running smoothly. See something else? Just make sure to give me a call to the traffic line. The traffic line number is 850-2626-111. And this traffic report is brought to you by Executive Landscaping. Executive Landscaping is big enough to get the job done, yet small enough to care. Call 250 3756 for a no hassle estimate. That's 250 3756. I'm Gracie Wolf on News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. So you always hear Dave Ramsey talking about Frontier Motors. You hear me talking about Frontier Motors. You see the bumper stickers, you see the license plate frames, and you might wonder, well, why? Like, why do people love it? Well, okay. If it were just the good quality cars, you know, a year, two, three years old, low prices, you know, low mile or you know, low prices and low miles, if that were it. That'd be one thing. And it's true. I mean, that's accurate, okay? If it were just that they were very laid back and allowed you to, you know, browse at your own pace and there's no high pressure or anything, yeah, okay, that's all true. If it were the simple thing of, like, giving you the price sheet, giving you the car facts, you look it over, you decide what you want. I mean, okay, all true. But for me, like, all that's great. But what really sold me the most is their philosophy of doing business as a used car dealership where they're not trying to get you to just buy this car and then hope that they never have to see you again because you find something wrong with it. Um, they want you to come back again and again and again. And they want you to feel great about your purchase. Like, they called me six months after we bought the car and asked me if there was anything that they could do for anything that was wrong with the car. And I'm like, no. And I kind of was like, you know, stop bothering me. You know what I mean? That was kind of my... A year after we bought the car, Calvin, our sales guy, calls and said, is there anything wrong with the car? I'm like, one of the physical keys doesn't work. Like, the fobs work fine. Everything's fine. We're never going to have to use this. But, like, just in case. I said, oh, bring it in. We'll replace it. You know, and I'm like, oh, I'm sure you will for 150 bucks. He's like, no, well, you... Bought a car expecting two two keys. You get a car with two keys. So I brought it in. Ten minutes later, I had a key and I left. That was it. A year after I bought the vehicle. Now, what used car place does that? Well, Frontier does. And that's why people love them and want to go back again and again and again. And I know we will. Frontier Motors serving the Pensacola community for more than 25 years. Right behind that big buffalo on Beverly Parkway. Be sure to tell them Andrew McKay says hi. 628 here on News Radio 92.3. Oh, th- this is something... Just, I thought it was fascinating, okay? The uh, Army is in the middle of changing its uh, primary rifles because, you know, back in the day, we used to use the 7.62 millimeter, which is like the Winchester round, and um, then it was decided in the Vietnam era because, like, the M14, I think, the M14 used 7.62, if I remember correctly, and uh, I noted this because it was in Full Metal Jacket where they were training on the M14 and then they were using the M16 in, in the field. Anyway, um, the 5.56 ammunition was adopted because it was lighter, and so you could carry more rounds into battle, which is, you know, of course, gives you longer-term firepower, but you sacrifice uh, punch, essentially, because the bullets are smaller. So now the Army has been going through this changeover where they're going to go to a 6.7-millimeter round, and that's going to be the standard round that they use in their rifles, and they've got the new one that is going to be the— it was going to be the M5, but it turns out that Colt already makes an M5, and they couldn't use the term— so they're going to make it the M7, and it's going to, again, be 6.7 millimeters. And also the saw, the M249, is going to become the M250, which is the fully automatic, you know, the, the squad weapon. Anyway, the, the point of all this is that troops are going to carry smaller magazines, 20 instead of 30 for the M7, and um, they're going to carry fewer into battle itself because they weigh more. 
In fact, they're going to carry two thirds. Like the um, the squad assault weapons are those gunners are going to carry 400 instead of 600 as a standard load. And since the um, uh, the rifle, the M7, has a 20 instead of a 30, you're going to be carrying seven mags, which is 140 instead of 210. All I know, and I look, I don't know military. Like I've never been involved in combat or anything like this. The closest I come is you know doing airsoft. And all I know, and I'm not the expert, but when I think about how many rounds you need to be you know successful in a firefight. 140 does not sound like a lot to me. I mean, especially when, like, if you're on full auto, <laughs> you know, a uh, a full auto 30-round clip is... That's it. You're done. That's a clip. At 30, and that's not even the 20 that the new weapons will have. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. President Biden says again, documents with classified, uh, classified materials in his home and former office were just filed in the wrong place and turned over upon discovery. I think you're going to find there's nothing there. I have no regrets. I'm following what the lawyers have told me they want me to do. The president taking a reporter's question about the documents after touring storm and flood damage in California. David Crosby died, 81 years old. He was one of the biggest musicians of the 60s, beginning in L.A. with the folk rock quintet, the birds in the mid-60s then creating Crosby, Stills, Nash, and eventually Young in the late 60s. As with most songwriters of that generation, was an anti-war activist and volatile personality whose sex, drugs, and rock and roll lifestyle took a toll on his relationships and his body. He underwent liver transplant surgery in 1994. Fox's Michelle Polino. Crosby tweeted Wednesday he heard heaven was overrated and cloudy. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning at 631 News Radio 92.3. I'm David Wayne. It's 49 degrees. Partly cloudy skies right now in Pensacola. Escambia County leaders will be investing almost $3 million towards a locker room facility. This will be at the Ashton Brosnahams Park Parks Soccer Complex. During a meeting yesterday morning, the uh, Escambia County commissioners unanimously approved a $2.7 million contract with AAA Affordable Services or affordable structures. The building is expected to be completed in August. Ashton Brosnahan hosts several sporting events throughout the year, uh, and notably they played host to last fall's SEC Women's Soccer Tournament. Pensacola's abortion clinic, the only abortion clinic that services Northwest Florida, will not be reopening. We learn more from Joe Ford. According to the PNJ, American Family Planning of Pensacola has given up its license to operate as an abortion clinic after reaching a settlement with the Florida Agency for Healthcare Administration. The case stems from an emergency order that was issued in May to suspend the clinic's license after three women were hospitalized after having abortions. The clinic filed an appeal, and a hearing was scheduled to take place this month. However, the clinic's attorney reportedly notified the judge that a settlement was reached and the case was dismissed on January 6th. Joe Ford, News Radio 92.3. Thank you very much, Joe. One person had to be airlifted to the hospital after a rollover crash on Highway 97. This was just south of Walnut Hill last night. North Escambia reporting a pickup truck sideswiped another vehicle and ran off the road, then rolled over into the ditch. The driver was fl- flown to the hospital by MedStar Air Care helicopter out of Atmore. Uh, the driver's injuries were not reported to be life-threatening, and FHP currently investigating the crash. One person did die overnight in a crash on Highway 98 in Destin. Now, that happened in front of the Legacy of the Bay Apartments there. Right now, not a lot of information on this crash. Uh, No word on how many other people were injured uh, or how the crash happened. 
A one-year-old girl's alive today thanks to four police officers in Tampa. Those officers were honored yesterday with the police department's Lifesaver Award for the incident, which happened last August. Officers Stephen Zawaki and Landon Harson saw an 11-month-old girl motionless in the backseat of an abandoned, stolen car. They got that girl out of the hot car, and uh, then officers Martin Pollock and Anthony Hardesty arrived at the scene. They put put the uh, child in an air-conditioned patrol car. She ended up being taken to the hospital and did make a full recovery. Escambia and Santa Rosa counties are among the five, five of the counties that are able to apply now for $67 million in funding. That was just announced by the Department of Economic Opportunity. That was brought up by Commissioner Robert Bender during a discussion on affordable housing yesterday. I surely hope we're pursuing that. It it was just announced yesterday, so uh, I think we've been aware of it for a little bit. There was also $45 million. It's a subrecipient program designed to repair, replace, or reconstruct homes damaged by Hurricane Sally. And the uh, Department of Economic Opportunity says eligible activities would include restoration of infrastructure, economic revitalization, repairing public facilities such as emergency community shelters. The application window is going to run uh, now through April 4th. And it is 635 here at News Radio 92.3. Let's get a look at your traffic on the fives with Gracie Wolf. Our roads are looking good. I-10, I-110 not showing any major slowdowns, uh, as well as 98 throughout Gulf Breeze, Tiger Point, and Navarre. We have posted speeds. Bridges are running smoothly as well. That's the Three Mile Bridge and Gerson Point Bridge. And getting into NES Pensacola, gates are running smoothly. If you see something else, just make sure to give me a call to the traffic line. The traffic line number is 850-2626-111. And this traffic report is brought to you by Avalon HR. With so much going on, you need Avalon. It's employing made easy. I'm Gracie Wolf on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. We're going to be seeing a cooler day out there today with temperatures warming up near 63 degrees. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 49. Clouds will build in as you go through the overnight hours and showers and thunderstorms possible for Saturday morning. 60% chance of rain throughout the day. High on Saturday near 59 degrees. Saturday night, temperatures dropping near 54 and rain chance increases for Sunday. 90% chance of showers and thunderstorms high near 68. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Right now it is partly cloudy, 49 in Pensacola, 54 in Gulf Breeze, 46 in Milton. Our next news at 7 and breaking news anytime it happens. I'm David Wayne, News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Jennifer Koshenko with your Money Now. Google Parent Alphabet says it plans to eliminate 12,000 jobs, reducing its staff by 6% and marking the company's largest ever round of layoffs. The reductions will cut across Alphabet's units and geographies, Though some areas, including recruiting and projects outside of the company's core businesses, would be more heavily affected. Google executives have in recent months said the company would be tightening its belt, reflecting a new period of more disciplined and efficient spending, but had not announced specifics. Warehouse sector leader ProLogia says it's bullish on demand this year, even as vacancy rates tick upward and signs of a slowdown course through the economy. The company's revenue rose by more than a third in the latest quarter as the average occupancy of its properties continued to edge higher. Red-hot demand for warehouse space during the pandemic has cooled off, but Prologis notes the decline is coming off record levels. That's your Money Now. 
I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon Pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall, if you're allergic to pork, or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N info.com. When you were 18, you spent your spring break in Cancun. The party was legendary and you speak of it often, even though you don't remember half of it. The geeky kid who sat across from you in math class stayed home, practicing calculus. You made fun of her. A lot. That is, until last year, when you owed the IRS a lot of money and called the certified public accountants at Benakis & Associates. And she answered the phone. Who's laughing now? The number crunchers at Benakis & Associates live and breathe accounting and tax preparation. It's practically in their DNA. When you need to know what the heck a Form 656-PPV is, call Benakis & Associates. When you need a QuickBooks Pro Advisor, call Benakis & Associates. When you need someone who practices long division for fun, call Benakis & Associates. Now in the historic district on 120 South Alconies and online at flacpas.com. Benakis & Associates. Leave the numbers to the experts. Mom, can we have some ice cream? I've got a better idea. Who wants to help me make something fun and healthy instead? Me, me. Eating smarter is easy and delicious. Interested in receiving healthy recipes and a whole lot more in your email? Then register at healthiestweightfl.com and learn more about all the small steps that you can take on the way to living healthy. This message is sponsored by the Ounce of Prevention Fund of Florida, the Florida Department of Health, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. News Radio 92.3. Now it's time to play Which Host Did This? Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, or Bobby Rossi? This host was on The Price is Right. Who could it be? Who is it? The correct answer is Andrew McKay. Get to know our local hosts by listening to News Radio 92.3. 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. cost of this is excessive, extremely excessive. And I can share with you, we could easily meet the underserved and the people that need this the same way we do the CRAs. I've been doing math up here the whole time. And we could save millions of dollars and meet the requirement of 25 and three that's out there. And use those additional ARPA funds for septic to sewer, for all these other things that we could use them for. The cost is just excessive for me. No one in this room would have done this project if you didn't have federal funds. Hate the game, don't hate the player. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to play within the rules and the framework that we have. We got this federal money. Um, 
whether or not we agree with whether it should have been appropriated. Uh, that's a different discussion, but the money's here. So that was Mike Kohler was the first voice, newly elected District 2 commissioner in Escambia County, explaining why he thought that the price tag for the broadband to the north end is excessive, to use his words, and we would have never done it if it wasn't funny freebie money from the federal government, which Jeff Bergash says, I agree, they don't spend money properly and there's all kinds of problems there but look you know don't hate the game uh, or don't hate the player hate the game we're just here to spend the money that they give to us what good does it do us to not spend it at all which is not what mike was saying mike was saying just spend it better on other things that are within the american rescue plan domain mike kohler joins us now uh mike welcome to the pensacola morning news sir Good morning, Andrew. How are you today? Man, I am doing great. Great to have you. Let's start with that broadband decision because you and I chatted a little bit about this uh, offline, and I ran the math on the just $6 million that the proposal, which, of course, the board accepted for one, you were in dissent because you thought that we shouldn't be doing this project at all this way. Um, $6 million divided by 4,000 locations is $1,500 a pop. You said that you had a way that you could provide qualified internet to the unserved areas cheaper to save money and spend it on other things like storm to sewer or, uh, sewer uh, septic to sewer which i totally agree with but i didn't follow the math what was your idea yeah, here yeah that's the first thing your math is off a little bit andrew so the county did something called the mcgillan study and that was done on january 14 2021 in that study that the the board commission approved way before i got there there was about 3,000 people in the entire county, according to that study that was underserved. Now, I know some people disagree with this, but when I asked them uh, where they got the 4,000, uh, they just said that was from FCC. The true number above Muskegee Road of households I put out there was 10,600. The national standard of people that do not have internet, according to a Pew study, is 7%. That would mean that basically, just under 40% of the people in the phase one don't have internet. It's just not, it's just not a fact. So if you were to take the $6 million that the county said they were gonna put out up to 10 million, and if you remember what Jeff asked, he said, how much are you really gonna need for this? They're gonna go back to the state ARPA money and ask for an additional $18 million. So it's not six million that's going to go into this. It's going to be over twenty-four million dollars, and they already have what they call visa satellite on their civil plan for ninety-nine dollars per month that meets the actual ARPA requirements for twenty-five millibytes for download and three for upload. It's just it's just too big for me. I know my fellow commissioners believe that it's uh, building like an infrastructure system, but here's the problem. If you look at the FCC broadband system, which they also disagree with this, and I only have to go with, I can only go with what I have out there as facts, right? I can't sure. make up stuff that I, I can't prove. The FCC broadband has the majority of its Candy County covered with the ARPA requirements. Now you got to come to a decision, decide, do we want to go above and beyond and build a rocket ship infrastructure system, or do we want to use this money in different ways? And that's, that's kind of where I'm at. No, and, and I follow that. That was the original position that I had on this. And I think I, I mean, I agree with you. I, and I said this, I would not have voted for this project. I would far rather see the money get used for septic to sewer. And if we need to put in some money in order to help people have minimum standard access to broadband in completely unserved areas, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with that. That's very different from 24 to $30 million of money from whatever well, fund well, it comes from. 
Let, let's go back to the McGowan study. The McGowan study said even out of those 3,000, at best they think eight, 1,840 people in the county had signed up. I don't know if you, how much you know about the RFP process in this case, but that was another whole problem. Cox did a protest. Right. He had a board. Yep. And so for me, there was so many things that could have been just a little bit cleaner on this. But if you look at something called the Affordable Connectivity Program, and I'm not advocating for any of these companies, but Cox, had, they all are, are able to uh, use this program. Cox currently has a program for $10 a month. So if you were to take, let's say, 3,000 people, and you can also buy them computers and everything on this, we could pay for these 2,000 people for years. And let me, let me share this with you. The spending's not stopped yet. We're going to have phase two, and the county said they will spend up to $12 million on phase two yeah. to, for this project. No, so, no, I, I, I agreed. And again, to me, it seems like we're taking people who deliberately live in a sparse, undense area and suffer a consequence because of that, that there's not hardwired infrastructure for Internet to their home, and we're coming in after the fact and giving them a highway when – we don't have to, and there are cheaper ways to do it. That that I completely agree with you. And again, better well, ways to spend the money. Hey, Mike, there, Mike, there, hang, Mike, hang on for me for just a second. I got to interrupt you because I got to get a traffic break in here with Gracie real fast. We'll be back with you in a second. Go ahead, Gracie. Okay. Well, no, no, no slowdowns to report. I ten, I one ten, looking good as well as twenty nine and ninety and ninety eight in Gulf Breeze, Tiger Point, and Navarre, looking good as well. If you see something on the road, just make sure to give me a call to the traffic line. That's eight five zero two six two six one one one. And this traffic report is brought to you by Bobby Likas Auto Service on Davis Highway. I'm Gracie Wolf on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Thanks so much, Gracie. Back to Mike Kohler. I interrupted you, Commissioner. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I, I think I'm agreeing to you. I mean, here's my take on it, though. You know, and I understand what some of the other commissioners are saying. You got the money. You got to spend it. I was part of that in the federal government for years. We got a $31 trillion debt. Just historically, I want to put this out there. When this ARPA fund uh, bill passed for $1.9 trillion, Andrew, not one Republican in the House, even a Democrat, voted against it, and not one senator. And as soon as it, they load up the truckloads of cash to the state, everyone has political amnesia. I mean, it's like, you know, but, the, you know, I just think we could do better with some of this money. And I'm not sure we're going down the right, right path, but I will tell you, this is going to happen across all the states. I'm going to a broadband summit next week. And they're going to spend a lot of money across the country on this. I'm very interested to see uh, how much are we willing to spend. I don't know if you realized the meeting last week. There was a, one of the guys that came up for IBT said, well, we're spending over $100,000 per household in Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. How is that possible? Yeah, no, I, mean, I, I remember that. And yeah, no, I, I agree. The the aggregate amount of money that is being spent on this or some would say wasted on this is enormous. Absolutely. Now, I wanted to pivot just slightly because um, you made comments at the gun violence roundtable that Sheriff Simmons put on the other night. I thought they were quite good. And one of the things that you were talking about was your time as a nurse working in Oakland and seeing these guys who get involved in gang violence and shootings. And it was crazy, some of the stuff that I know you've seen. But you made the comment that after they've done the crime or after they've been a victim of crime, they have great regret. To me, that's one of the key things that we have to somehow manage to impart to these young people is being able to think how will I feel about this if it goes wrong? How will I feel about this if I get caught? How will I feel about – because that just future-oriented perspective is something that short-term right-now thinkers don't have, that every citizen needs to have, right? 
Right, and that and that's why uh, my second comment uh, or third on that was messaging. You know, it's the same thing we do when you see a speed limit sign. You say, ah, maybe it's better slow down a little bit. You know, we have to do some messaging, and and there's a lot of different ways to do this. But you know, no one that was you know a gangster and then all of a sudden is shot all of a sudden wants to be a gangster anymore. They want to they want to just live. Right. You know, and and I think that you know I had a reflection point of seeing some of those things back. You know, that was a long time ago for me. But but the bottom line is messaging is a huge part. I think what Chip's doing is good though. He's bringing the sheriff. He's putting a lot of exposure out there for the community, trying to bring awareness. But you know, one of the truth, there isn't very many of those kids watching the gun violence program. Let's right. be honest. Right. We're, we we got to get to someone that knows those kids that maybe maybe will say, you know, try to influence their life. But I think he's doing a, a positive job, and I think the group's w- really willing to work hard on this. Um, and I love the I love the landing point. I, I love the adopt a neighborhood, get in there and see what you can do to fix it, at least temporarily. I, you know, I love that as a landing point. Hey, hey last thing, Mike, before we let you go, uh, you've been in office now, what, about two months. Um, two how's months. it going? Well, I, I love the county staff. I'm getting to know the commissioners. You know, with Sunshine Law, it's almost like everything's a sterile environment. Take it in the diet. <laughs> yeah. I got it. But they're, everyone's being very friendly with me. Um, I can tell you, Andrew, the county employees are really, really good. They're working hard. You've got some great people doing some great things. I could talk 30 so minutes true. about stories. But, yeah. but yeah, I, I'm loving it, and I'm trying, to, I'm trying to make some change for the people of District 2. They're, they're really hopeful right now. Anything specifically that you're uh, you're working on that you've figured out or that you know might be a little bit oh, of a surprise yeah. to people? Well, you probably heard Commissioner May the other night talk about blight and all that. That's the first thing I started working on with code. Is is and the code officers are doing a great job. Um, I'm like I mentioned the TPO meeting. Everyone's worried about Gulf Beach Island. They feel it's super dangerous. I think I think we'll get that road changed in the next four years. It looks like it's moving up to 2025. But uh, those are the two big things right up front that we're working on to try to make an impact right away. Very good. There's a lot of things, Andrew. Well, it's a busy job. It is certainly no part-time job if you're doing it right, and uh, I appreciate that it's a steep learning curve. I'm there every day. (laughs) I know. I know. I know. Uh, Some, some, the others do not do it that way. So I, well, Bender does it that way. So I appreciate that. Mike Kohler, new uh, county commissioner for Escambia County District to the southwest corner. Uh, Mike, as always, uh, thank you so much for the time. Thanks for being available, and uh, keep up the good work, sir. I know it's a lot. Uh, have a great weekend, Andrew. You too. 652 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. If uh, you've got any kind of a plumbing issue, leak, drip, weird sound on the wall when you flush the toilet, the pressure, the temperature, it's a plumbing, you know, right? You know what the things are. Uh, take your Tupperware back and fix the leaks. <laughs> if that's you, please don't. You're better than that. 477-8782 for Barberry Plumbing. Each Sunday at 7.30 a.m., the Bible Baptist Bookstore of Pensacola, Florida, brings you Theological Seminar with teacher Peter S. Ruckman, founder and president of the Pensacola Bible Institute. He will teach you what the Bible says about the subject, not merely what it is presumed to teach. Tune in this Sunday at 7.30 a.m. for Theological Seminar with Dr. Peter S. Ruckman, brought to you by Bible Baptist Bookstore on News Radio 92.3 a.m. 1620.
Whitetail Properties real estate agent Todd Edwards is an experienced land specialist specializing in hunting, recreational, farm, and timber properties. If you're a seller looking to list, market, or promote your property at the highest level, or a buyer looking for your dream property or land investment, please allow Todd's experience to work for you. Visit Todd Edwards at whitetailproperties.com or call 251-747-1346. When you listen to News Radio 92.3 on Sundays, you get Christian Outlook at 7, Ask the Preacher at 8, Town Hall Review, Fox News Sundays, The Weekend, Tech It Out, and Gun Talk at 8. National average for gallon of gas, 339. Florida average is 340. It keeps inching back up. 299 in Texas, also on the increase. California, 443. Those are the best and the worst in the nation. Navarre holding steady for two days at 319 East and West at the Walmart or the, you know, Murphy in front of the Walmart. Uh, 315 in Tiger Point at the Liberty Station, 329 in Proper. 319 in Milton at the Raceway, same at the P Ridge Murphy, same at the, uh, I think that's the Tom Thumb, is that right? Going out of pace? Yeah, that's right. That is the Tom Thumb. Uh, on Nine Mile this morning, you got 317 at the Walmart Neighborhood Market. Then you got 309 at the Murphy in front of the Walmart on US 29. They flip-flop price uh, relationships over the day. And then coming in from the southwest side, the Sitgo at Garden has 317, same at the Navy Murphy Station. 654, David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? President Biden hosting a group of mayors at the White House today. They'll be discussing the migrant crisis at the southern border. This comes just a few weeks after the president traveled to the southern border for the first time as president to assess the crisis. The late David Crosby's fellow rock legends paying tribute to the Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. The singer-songwriter was part of two legendary bands, The Birds and Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Uh, On Thursday, it was reported he died at the age of 81. And the captains of this year's NFL Pro Bowl have been announced. It's going to be Snoop Dogg and Pete Davidson. Uh, People says that (laughs) Snoop Dogg is Noted duet. Yeah. Uh, People says Snoop Dogg will be the AFC captain with coach Peyton Manning. And Davidson will be leading the NFC team with coach Eli Manning. Uh, the Pro Bowl game, Pro Bowl games air one week before the Super Bowl. Wait, what are they captains of? Uh, the AFC and the NFC teams for the flag football game. Uh, noted, noted athletes Pete right. Davidson and, and Snoop, Snoop Dogg. Oh my yeah. God! And uh, the skills challenges as well. Okay, uh, yeah. okay, all right. I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave that, and we've abandoned the sport entirely, uh, which is fine. Which is fine. The Pro Bowl was. Not are you football saying that with. Snoop Dogg is not known for his? Football skills? Look, uh, I think having a 43-second 40 is probably not going to get him in any Hall of Fame. That's what I think. <laughs> the saunter is not what I'm looking for. All right, David, thanks so much for the update. Gracie Wolf has traffic on the fives. No slowdowns to report. I-10, I-110 looking good, as well as 29 and 90. Getting on to NAS Pensacola, nothing to slow you down onto the gates. And 98 in Gulf Breeze, Tiger Point, and Navarre showing posted speeds. If you do see something on the roads, just give me a call to the traffic line. That's 850-2626-111. And this traffic report is brought to you by Knox Pest Control. Their family serving your family since 1929. Information on a free pest or termite quote, visit Knox. 
knoxpest.com. Knox knocks them out. I'm Gracie Wolf on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. The dean of Warrington Middle School in Escambia County is in the Escambia County Jail tonight. 33-year-old Daryl Laster now charged with two counts of lewd and lascivious behavior with a minor and obscene communication. The Escambia School District told us tonight that Laster turned in his resignation today. Laster was first hired by the school district in November of 2021. He became the dean at the middle school about a month later. He's now being held on a $150,000 bond. You saw this story on Channel 3. You've heard David talking about it this morning. But here's the the like slice of this story that I thought was the most strange. This was the guy, the dean of the Warrington Middle School, this was the guy that came up in front of the school board and said, hey, don't go with Charter Schools USA. Let me run the charter school. I can solve this problem. Wow. <laughs> like, and look, everybody's innocent until proven guilty. I don't want to make, you know, I don't want to go beyond what the allegations are at all. But, um, you know, he was very persuasive and charismatic and the kind of guy you want to believe in when he's speaking from the podium. And then to have all of this happen, I mean, holy smokes, right? What a terrible turnaround in the wrong direction. 658 on News Radio 923. Time for future news. That's when Gracie's sitting in for Candy this morning, and I tell you uh, what's going to happen before it happens. Will the Escambia County Sheriff's Office, Chip Simmons, and the all leaders of the entire community find a way to solve some of the problems for a neighborhood in Escambia County? Yes, I think so. Yeah, I'm really optimistic about this. I mean, you can't solve long-term problems in a short-term time frame, but I think they're going to make a difference at least to some degree, and I like that. Um, will corrections in the state of Florida get a 12% increase in their funding that they've asked for for staff and facilities repair? Yeah. Oh man, I got to I yes, they need it. Yes, it needs to happen. I just don't know if there's political will to spend money in that direction. The problem is people never want to fund corrections. They just want to make sure that all the bad guys are locked up. Where we don't care. Don't ask us about that. <laughs> will we ever learn who leaked the Dobbs draft from the Supreme Court? They came out yesterday know. and said they don't know. I'm going to say yes. I think yes, but it might be like 20 years. Yeah. You know, somebody in a memoir or some conversation at a bar somewhere. Will Oregon secede and create greater Idaho or the eastern half of Oregon? Sure. No, no. Oh, come the, on. The, 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 the great state of Jackson is not going to, free state of Jackson is not going to happen and greater Idaho is not going to happen. Oh, by the way, the gas prices I did were brought to you by Pete Moore Volkswagen with the lowest out the door price in your next new Volkswagen, PeteMoreImports.com. Local talk.